John Lennon wrote Imagine 50 years ago. Can you believe it's been that long? Yet it's interesting to see how little we've actually advanced towards this kind of humanitarian future, a world in which we live in peace, where there are no national divisions, a world with no religions to fight or die for, a world without greed or hunger, with humanity united. In contrast, technologically and scientifically, we've advanced by leaps and bounds over the last 50 years and continue to do so. In fact, when I Googled visions of the future, I came up with all sorts of futuristic images of towering buildings, robots, and skies filled with flying vehicles. Images of concrete jungles with amazing technological inventions, bionic body parts, and things that make life more convenient. But those images also contained maps of the earth in which all low-lying lands had been swallowed up by the oceans and all that remained on our planet were mountainous areas. And these lands, these futuristic visions seem to be devoid of humanity. Science has advanced, but our human hearts and souls have not kept up. In fact, this future seemed bereft of wisdom, of care, and of connection. So rather than feeling inspired like I am by the song Imagine, I found that vision of a new tomorrow rather depressing and not something really worth striving for. It looked to me like a mechanized planet lacking the best of humankind, a planet built of technological advances while leaving spiritual and emotional evolution in the dust. So rather than escape into futuristic mechanized fantasies today, I wanted to imagine a new tomorrow that we can not only dream up, but also feel called to work towards in our lifetimes. A future which our hearts long for, a future with heart. So I invite you to close your eyes for a moment and get comfortable. And then visualize with me a world in which there is enough food, water and resources for everyone. People feel healthy and vibrant with free and excellent healthcare for all. There's good education and meaningful work for everyone. Imagine a world with equality and dignity for all races, colors, and genders. A world in which walls come down and people engage in reparations, peace building, and restorative justice. A world in which we've moved from me to we. Imagine a world in which we've transformed urban sprawl into life-giving green spaces in which we've rewilded our planet as Sir David Attenborough and other environmentalists call us to do. And we've reversed climate change. A world where there is sustainability in all systems. Imagine a world in which compassion, service and kindness are the default. A world filled with laughter, joy and hope in which love 
guides our way. Breathe into that. How does it feel to live in that kind of a world? What does it smell like to you? What are the sounds you hear? What are the sensations that you feel in your body? What does your day look like in that world? Who are you with? What are you engaged with? What's your work? What are your hobbies? And now take a deep breath into that world. That's a world worth living and working for, isn't it? That's something to aspire to. When you're ready, feel free to open your eyes. Zen master Thich Nhat Hanh explains, the quality of our life depends on the seeds we water. If you plant tomato seeds in your gardens, tomatoes will grow. Just so if we water the seeds of fear and hate, they will grow. And we've seen that so clearly over the past few years. But he says, if we water the seeds of peace in our hearts, peace will grow. When the seeds of love, respect and peace are watered, we will become happy. And that is what we must do now, my friends. We must plant seeds of the future that we want. The new administration is repairing, tilling, amending and fertilizing the damaged arid soil. And now we must plant seeds of the future we dream of. There's an old Chinese proverb that says, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time is now. We mustn't wait and get lulled back into an action. So how do we plant those seeds now? This week I watched a wonderful movie called Jingle Jangle that Ayana had recommended to me. And one of the many things that I loved about this movie was that almost everyone was of African descent, even though it was set in Victorian England. People at all levels of society were black and brown in a world that in our history books would have been depicted majority white. Certainly all the educated wealthy folks would have been white, but in this film they were black. And at first I found myself a little confused having never seen Victorian England portrayed in this way. And then I began to realize that so much of what we can imagine is shaped by what we see around us. Seeing a society in which people of African descent and people of color are treated equally, indeed are the kings and queens, helps us visualize and normalize such a world. Other productions that have embraced this kind of paradigm shift recently are the series Bridgerton and of course the famous musical Hamilton. And I also saw an African version of Hamlet by the Royal Shakespeare Company. In all cases, characters that are traditionally depicted as white were played by people of color. And as I watch these, I realize how important it is to shift our classical perceptions of who can legitimately appear in historical dramas because what was happening in society at that time in history was oppression 
suppression and the worst of mankind's domination, not a future we want to perpetuate. So what we get to experience in such works of art is a world rewritten in which everyone is equal and valued. And that kind of portrayal leads to normalizing. And we must encourage more depictions of races and cultures being equal so that we can collectively rewrite our biases. Just like Alexander Ocasio-Cortez's story just now showed us a future that we can live into. What if our media more often pictured a world of our imagination, a world in which everyone is valued, celebrated, and given similar opportunities so this paradigm can become part of our subconscious vision? It's almost like we need to reprogram our minds from the cruel, oppressive, and unkind history by depicting a past that inspires the future we want. We need to do the same in the way women are portrayed, seeing plentiful images of women as leaders and superheroes. We can use our media to inspire and normalize the world of our imagination, much like the movie Black Panther does. It depicts a flourishing society of powerful, wise Africans who lead white people with their advanced society. The movie Jingle Jangle ended with this phrase, if you believe, it's all possible. And I would add to that, if you believe, if you envision, and if you act, it's all possible. The way we imagine the future, my friends, can alter the way we act in the present. Wangari Matai, the Nobel Prize-winning Kenyan activist, also envisioned a future of rewilding. She led the movement to plant millions of trees in the deforested lands of Africa and said there comes a time when humanity is called to shift to a new level of consciousness, to reach a higher moral ground a time when we have to shed our fear and give hope to each other. This is such a time, my friends. This is a time for us to shift to a new level of consciousness. This is a time to move from fear to hope. These last four years have been enormously challenging and fear-ridden for so many of us. They were a time of tremendous pain, of suffering, trauma, and discord. A time in which the worst of humanity got to flourish. Yet strangely, I believe this traumatic period in our nation's history was perhaps necessary to wake us up to the work we need to do most urgently now the work of repairing human hearts so that we can see our impact on one another and the planet, the work of opening our hearts so that we can feel our interconnectedness one with another, and the work of softening our hearts so we can see each other with kindness and treat each other with respect and compassion. Many of us had been lulled into complacency, believing the world as it was, was just fine. 
people threw around the phrase post-racial society and believed women and other marginalized populations had found equality. People were complacent about our climate and the planet's future. And even if things weren't perfect, many people thought they were at least tolerable. Well, hindsight is really and truly 2020, isn't it? Who knew how much greater meaning that phrase would have now? These past few years have disabused us of many notions. They've clearly shown in dramatic fashion the distended underbelly of our culture, one in which prejudice, hatred, willful ignorance, and greed run rife. It's like fate grabbed us by the shoulders and shook us saying, now do you see it? Now can you see the chronic dysfunction, the sickness that has been there all along? Life has been like the ghost of Christmas future and woken us out of a terrifying vision that few of us want. Likewise, the pandemic, much as it is awful and scary and taking a horrendous toll on so many, it's also giving us a chance to re-envision our future. We're all experiencing life, our work, our families, our planet, and the many things we took for granted in a different way now. And much of what were false comforts will fade away as we begin to realize which activities and which relationships truly matter. What is of deepest value in life? What can help us build resilience, courage, joy and love despite difficult times. So what shall we do upon awakening? My friends, we must not allow ourselves to go back to sleep. Can we promise that to one another? We must not be lulled into a false sense of security now that we have a more compassionate leader. We must remember the nightmare of the ghost of Christmas future that they have shown us. We must double down and work methodically with passion and care to make sure we never create such a time for ourselves, for our children or our children's children again. One of my colleagues, Reverend Elizabeth Stevens, wrote a poem I'd like to share with you. Oh, my dear ones, I know you were hoping for a once and done, for an earthquake, a tidal wave, hoping that if we gave it our all, a single push would be enough. That after this, we could sink back into complacency, back into the comfort of our privilege. I confess in the secret corners of my heart, I wanted to believe it could be that easy, she writes, that justice would emerge as from an egg fully grown, not with wet down and weak wings. But beloveds, we are chipping away at a mountain, not a boulder. Calcified structures created to oppress, control, kill thousands of years with this stupid idea that some are more worthy, some deserve power by virtue of who they are, what they look like, which tribe they claim. Erosion is slow work, sweethearts. Celebrate the progress, the triumphs. Celebrate also the heartbreaking almosts. Breathe. Breathe. 
rest for a time. Then get up and turn again toward kindness, toward your neighbor in need, toward those who are still trapped in the stone. Tell them, I won't give up. Tell them, I am with you. Tell them, for you, I will eat rocks. For you, I will keep chewing, keep grinding until the mountain crumbles to dust. These lessons of resilience, courage, and care are what our children are teaching us now to. One of Chalice's newer visitors, Charmian, who's here with us today, shared with us last week in our starting point class how her granddaughter, Charlotte, who's only four years old, views the world. As Charmian and Charlotte were walking to the beach together, the little girl took off running ahead. And upon seeing her grandmother lagging far behind her, Charlotte ran back to her and said, Grandma, let's hold hands and we'll win together. Isn't that amazing? So precious and wise. That's what we have to do now, my friends. Follow Charlotte's lead. We need to hold hands with one another so that we can win together. Time's up for leaving people behind. Time's up for cruelty and winning at the expense of another. Time's up for destroying our planet. Time's up for going it alone. Let's hold hands and we'll win together. For many of us, this week has marked the fulfillment of our collective imaginations. To see the first woman and the woman of African and Indian descent installed in the second highest office in the land as Madam Vice President finally shatters the ceilings we've had in place since the founding of this country. Our collective imagination envisioned and allowed this to happen. Not only that, but having someone like Kamala Harris in that position will unleash the imaginations of so many girls in our country. As does seeing and hearing our youngest ever inaugural poet, Amanda Gorman. At only age 22, Gorman's not only an extraordinary poet, awakening our imagination of a better, bolder future, but she speaks confidently of becoming president one day. For the first time in our country, hearing dreams like that are no longer the stuff of imagination. And seeing empowered women of color like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Rashida Tlaib and others in Congress now means that this dream is available to all. Just as Joe Biden has emboldened people with speech impediments to know that they can succeed as well. In Amanda Gorman's inaugural poem, The Hill We Climb, she said, we are striving to forge a union with purpose, to compose a country committed to all cultures, colors, characters, and conditions of man. And so we lift our gaze, not to what stands between us, but what stands before us. We close the divide because we know to put our future first, we must first put our differences aside. My friends, now is the time 
to put aside our differences so we can put our future first. A bold, beautiful future in which we compose a country committed to all cultures, colors, characters, and conditions of man. In fact, I heard from one of our wonderful young adult members yesterday, Aitana Sierra, who's with us too at worship today. And you've heard her speak in our worship services. Aitana wrote to me to say, as an undocumented immigrant myself, I have felt enormous relief staying updated on Biden's comprehensive immigration policies, as well as how important they are to him. I have more hope in my future than I thought I could before. Inspired by that future, she created this amazing painting that shows her sense of vision and hope now, and I want to share that with you now. Isn't it magnificent? This wonderful empowered woman on horseback riding into our future. Thank you, Aitana, for sharing your gifts with us. Aitana, Amanda, Alexandria, such inspiring and visionary young women. I can't wait for them to lead our country. Amanda Gorman goes on to say, we did not feel prepared to be the heirs of such a terrifying hour, but within it, we found the power to author a new chapter, to offer hope and laughter. These last four years pushed us to the very edge of what we as a democracy and people could bear as our most precious values felt trampled. I cannot help but wonder if such extremes of destruction, lies and horror were sadly necessary to awaken more of us into action. Without shadow, we do not yearn to emerge into the light. Without the evil and harm we witnessed over the last few years, would we have been stirred from our slumbers? Would we have realized the urgency of immediate action and relentless commitment as the only path to achieve a better world? Because we must not only lift one another up, we must save our planet's ability to sustain life, and we must do it now. There's not a moment to waste. Amanda, a true prophet, who like Greta Thunberg, brings so much hope to our future, goes on to say, if we merge mercy with might and might with right, then love becomes our legacy and change our children's birthright. So let us leave behind a country better than the one we were left. In every corner called our country, our people, diverse and beautiful, will emerge battered and beautiful. When day comes, we step out of the shade, aflame and unafraid, the new dawn blooms as we free it, for there is always light, if only we're brave enough to see it. If only we're brave enough to be it. Wow. I'm proud to live in a world that has somehow produced an Amanda Gorman, a Greta Thunberg, an Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, 
an Aitana Sierra, a Charlotte, a Charmian, an Ayana Gaines, an Elizabeth Stevens, a Wangari Matai, and a Vice President of the United States by the name of Kamala Harris. May we see their light and be inspired and brave enough to let our light shine. If you believe, if you envision, and if you act, it's all possible. My friends, may we hold hands and win together. And may we allow love to guide us and let us, let it show us the way forward to a future beyond our wildest imaginings. Blessed be. Amen.